Hi, everyone. Uh, this is a trigger warning for the episode that you're about to listen to. Um, some listeners may find the content uh, emotionally distressing because this episode is about sexual assault. Um, so we wanted to pop this at the start of the episode in case you were not comfortable listening to this. Um, but if you are, uh, please enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome back, or welcome if you haven't ever tuned into As I Am. Jeff and I are here today with a very special guest to talk about something that may be very sensitive and triggering to some, so content warning for all, but you know, this is a topic that I think is really important to talk about, which is the topic of sexual assault and sexual harassment, and especially how that affects women and the intersection between that and Asian women too. There are a lot of layers to unpack in this episode and we are doing that with a very special guest who is so kind and so generous to share her story. Kat, it's so lovely to see you here. How are you going today? I'm good. So lovely to speak with you guys today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I mean, I think it'd be best to begin from the beginning. Um, If you're comfortable, can you please share your story? Yeah, um, so I think as a lot of women have experienced, I've known multiple women or a lot of women in my life have experienced sexual harassment and sexual assault. That began for me in school and that wasn't that wasn't something that I realised was not normal because everyone around me had just experienced it. So, um, you know, that just wasn't an uncommon thing. When I was 19, I was at a party with some uni friends and there were some other people I hadn't met before and we were having a great time, we were drinking and it was great. Yeah, we were just, you know, chatting and dancing and just having a great time. I went to the bathroom and as I was stepping out, it was in this dark dark hallway and as I was stepping out I felt um, my hands get locked like just by my side and someone had put their arm across my body with one arm and he was a lot bigger a lot bigger than me a lot stronger than me and I remember just freezing and thinking it was a prank not sure if it was my friend or if it was someone I had just met that night and then my arms were locked and the next thing I know um, he had put his hands down my pants and it lasted maybe five seconds and then I kind of blacked out after that but I do remember the aftermath of it I remember seeing him and he was someone I had met that day he was a brown man and I just remember kind of like feeling sick but also being like oh whatever like he didn't didn't take it any further and I kind of just left it. I do remember saying something to my friend and she did confront him and say, why did you touch her? And he just goes, I never touched her. She's lying or something along those lines. The next day when I woke up, the magnitude of what happened like suddenly dawned on me and I kind of realized that, oh, um, I was just assaulted. And those next couple of months after that, I had to kind of unpack and come to terms and really just 
it was pretty heavy and pretty hard. But the one thing that I do remember from those months after is that I was very nervous to say anything to anyone because I knew the follow-up question would be like, what was his background? And for some reason, I had this looming feeling over me that I needed to protect him in that sense. I don't even know this man. I don't remember what he looks like. I don't even know his name. But I just remember being like, that doesn't matter. Like, why do you need to know that? That doesn't matter. And because of that, I never reported it. I never spoke anything further on that. So this happened in 2016. And by the end of 2018, the Me Too movement had come out. And I just remember thinking like, you know what, like it's okay for me to say something, but I just remember those follow-up questions is what caused me to kind of fall back a little bit. And now as an adult, I'm, I'm 26 now, I kind of just realized that there were so many complexities when it came to speaking about sexual assault, especially when it's um, someone who is part of your community or a person of color as well. And yeah, that was, that was pretty hard to unpack. And I've been in a lot of therapy and, you know, there's been a lot of resources. I think having the Me Too movement happen was also very helpful But even till this day, like I'm still kind of shaky talking about it because every time I do unpack it, it is quite complex. And I felt like I had a a weight on my shoulders for a long time, not because I was scared about reporting it for the assault that it was, or I was scared what people would think of me, but I was scared about what they would think of him and what they would think of the Asian race in general. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I have no words. I think, firstly, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I think it's incredibly powerful to even say. I mean, I'm tearing up now. You know, I think um, it's a really difficult thing to come out about something. And even though it happened like a relatively long time ago, like I imagine that the effects of it are still quite salient. Um, so thank you so much for. Um, well, I'm getting emotional. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for that. It's a it's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like. Um, Oh my god, sorry. <laughs> Take your time. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, oh my god, sorry. Um Yeah, I think I just know so many women who's um sorry. Um It's okay. <laughs> oh my god, this should be your story. Oh my god. Um But that's the thing, it's actually quite sad and devastating that a lot of women can relate and resonate. Yeah. It's quite yeah. difficult to kind of come to grasp with it as well like I said I've I've never known anything that wasn't outside of sexual harassment because when I was in high school there have been so many occasions where you know boys in high school they would touch you inappropriately make really terrible comments and I think as an adult even now realizing like oh because I was an Asian girl they also had you know their perceptions about why they could do that because Growing up, they thought, you know, Asian women were a certain way, submissive, didn't say anything. And that's right. I didn't say anything. Yeah, for sure. Instead, I kind of even wanted to fit into that model minority a lot by not saying anything, by kind of not making a fuss about it. And now as an adult, especially in the time that we live in as well, like we have the resources to kind of explore that a little bit. But if this had happened 10 years, 15, 20 years ago, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. No, and... I think it's just so striking that like so many people experience this 
like I'm sure there's so many stories like yours that have just you know happened and not been reported and you know often women I think bear the burden of that silence and that manifest and uh, you know there's so many complexities to that when you lay it with identity and you know ethnicity and race and I think what you talked about with the model minority myth like I think that there's a really big thing in the Asian community about that and you know I, I think just particular to Asian women I think a lot of Asian women actively choose not to report their sexual assault you know and especially in your case you know when the perpetrator is Asian or a person of color I'd be keen to hear why you think this is so and, you know, why you felt like this need to protect. And I know you mentioned something about not wanting to stigmatize the community, but yeah, would keen to hear your thoughts there on that. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like growing up, I was very, obviously when you're a person of color, when you're a minority, you're very aware, very aware of that. You're aware of that every single day. And that's what, that's all you think about. Like you can recognize microaggressions and you can recognize oppression from a mile away. Like it's so, it's so prominent in your everyday life. Growing up, I heard microaggressions every single day. And it wasn't just about Asian women. It was about Asian race in general. Even speaking about Asian men, there were really gross stereotypes and microaggressions and, you know, a lot of racist discourse around the way Asian men were. And I always felt like it was my obligation because I was so passionate about that type of thing. I felt like it was my obligation to always protect my race yeah. and my community no matter what. So, you know, if it was a, a white man who had done this to me, I don't think I would have been as hesitant to say anything because I don't feel an obligation to them. In fact, I would have just seen it straight up as a, you touched me without my consent, you assaulted me, you took advantage of me, that's wrong. But because it was an Asian man, like I said, I just knew the follow-up questions. I just knew that if I was like, oh, I went to a party, this guy touched me, I know the reason why people ask what was his background is because they already have a stereotype yeah, in their head. So in a way, I didn't want his actions to tarnish the image of Asian men already yeah, yeah. because I felt like that wasn't fair. Mm. So, you know, even, you know, this last year, the last six months even, you know, the stories of Constance Wu being sexually assaulted by a producer on set of Fresh Boat. Um, She took that on her and they blamed her instead of her giving up what had happened to her. And it wasn't until she was suicidal that she came back. And even just this last week with Beef, David Cho, and the reaction that came out of that and then the response from the whole TV show. I can't even say I was surprised by the response because I just know how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so important that you raise that. And I think that's something that Jeff and I really wanted to unpack a bit more. I think the Constance Wu experience is so interesting because, yeah, like, you know, just for context, if our listeners don't know, she experienced sexual harassment on the TV show that she was in called Fresh of the Boat. 
And it took her a really long time to come out about the fact that, you know, the producer of the show, the perpetrator of the sexual harassment was Asian American. And I quote in her words, because this show was sort of a beacon of representation for Asian Americans, and I sort of became a symbol of representation, I didn't want to sell you the one show with sexual harassment claims against the one Asian American man who was doing all this better work for the community. Um, so it, it's so complex, right? Like you, you obviously have something egregiously wrong that's been done against you, um, yet this inherent need to kind of protect and feel like that we need to advance the Asian community comes at the expense of your protection. And, you know, I think we were just talking before this episode about the instance with Beef. I know, Jeff, that you watched it. Like, do you think that's tainted your viewing experience at the moment? And will that- yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same example, right? Yeah. Like um, if you guys weren't aware, um, Beef is one of the biggest Netflix shows that have come out this year. Yeah. Um, and essentially a video surfaced online of David Cho, I think in 2014 on a podcast, essentially bragging that he sexually assaulted a woman. And instead of, I guess, calling it out, um, a lot of the show's stars and a lot of the staff working behind it are trying to cover it up. So Ali Wong, Stephen Yun, um, they're trying to get the podcast taken down for copyright. And I guess right now you could say we're entering this almost like zeitgeist of Asian-made media and it's really booming in the mainstream. Obviously, um, everything, everywhere, all at once, steamrolling at the Oscars. There's so much momentum for the Asian community when it comes to this topic of representation. And so just like what Constance said, not wanting to damage that by revealing something that's obviously incredibly wrong is, yeah, it's such a it's such a tough spot, but it, it, I don't think it's really fair at all. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially because these last couple of years have been incredible for Asian representation. Even with Fresh Off the Boat, Crazy Rich Asians, Constance Wu being the forefront of that, and then suddenly for a tweet when uh, the show was picked up again for another season and her showing disdain for that, I felt like a lot of our community turned on her because, Mm. and even, you know, accusing her of showing ungratefulness, but in reality behind the scenes she was protecting him for the greater good of our community Mm. because of the lack of representation. Even though it's been amazing so far of what Asians and Asian media have been able to do, it's still not enough representation so with the representation that is coming out it's so hard to kind of bring controversy to it for sure and you know I begin to kind of circle back to your experience in particular you know I think like there's this intersection as well of the culture of shame and saving face in Asian communities and you know I imagine that you felt this pressure to stay silent to what extent did you feel like that pressure and when did you kind of gain that courage to speak out about it The feeling was very complex. It's almost like I can't really explain it in a way. Like there were a lot of people that I didn't want to let down. Even speaking about sexual assault to my parents was very Mm. scary because you don't even talk about if you're feeling sad that day, Mm. let alone. And my parents are incredible and I love them so much and they've always been empathetic towards me and they're, you know, they're wonderful. We've always had a great relationship, but I still felt like, what happens if they ask what I did or like what I did to provoke it? And then on top of that, the guy was South Asian. I don't want colorism to come into that as well. Mm. I didn't want to say anything to my parents. And if they asked, they unintentionally went on a colorist rant. And, you know, that's very prominent in our community as well. So I also thought that obligation that I don't want to have this conversation right now. I don't want that to come to light. 
because I don't want to hear it. And then on top of that, yeah, like if I did, you know, speak with my friends, same thing. What was his background? And it was just a lot for me for those couple of months. It was just way too overwhelming. So I just kind of was like, you know what, get over it. I'm just going to get over it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I don't want to delve into that because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, you know, anything else other than the fact that I was assaulted, it was wrong, and that was that. I didn't want to hear anything else out of that. I think that happened for, yeah, a year and a half, and then the Me Too movement came out and I came out with my story um, as well, but I was still still nervous. I remember when I did come out with it, I said, I don't know, I don't owe anyone any details into this. But, you know, just know that like women experience this every day. But I didn't want to get into the complexities of being Asian and and the assailant being Asian either. I didn't want to talk about that. I think time has helped me understand it more. And I think I'm very lucky or this time that we're living in has given me a lot of perspective. It's made me kind of realize that this is just very complex and difficult, but we need to start having these conversations, especially in our community, because if this is going to do anything, it's even hard for me to say now because like, I don't really have all the answers, but I'm really tuned into the fact that I live in this time where these conversations can happen and, and I'm seeing change because I don't think this would have happened before if we weren't having representation and uh, we didn't have the vocabulary to have these conversations. So I don't really have all the answers. I don't really know you know, how we can move forward with this conversation in our community. But I know that mm. the door's open to have that conversation. Yeah. No, um, that, that's a perfect way to sort of, I guess, segue into this next question, Kat. And I guess, thank you so much for talking so openly so far. I think um, I was quite nervous to have this conversation. Um, I don't necessarily think I have the vocabulary and the means to, to talk about this topic, but I think the way that you've been able to um, talk about your experiences, yeah, it's just been incredible. It's really inspiring. So thank you so much, Kat. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess the next question is, what suggestions do you have to make it safer for, for victim survivors to come forward? I guess now you're seeing that there is this opportunity to have these conversations. What are, what are some of those suggestions that you might have? So the thing that really helped me was I think I've been really lucky so far that I have people around me and my family around me who are supportive. I am very aware that not everyone has that. Um, Like I said, I'm not really sure what we can do, but I do know that talking about it helps. I talked to a therapist for 18 months. I was in therapy for 18 months and I've been on and off with therapy for the last eight years. So, you know, there's definitely that. When it comes to resources, I think we're starting to get into that. But at the moment, I can't really give you a organization or a, a place to do that. All I can say is now that the door's open, I think it's okay for us to speak out about it a little more. And, and, and with that will come debates and disagreements controversy but we're not going to get to the end result for women to feel safe until we have these conversations so I think opening ourselves up to having that conversation is the start for women individually therapy is a great place to start I will Mm -hmm. say that and yeah and if you do have people around you who are supportive who are open it's great to have those conversations as well to just be open and honest and you might run into a lot of discomfort a lot of people will be very uncomfortable, but 
we have to open ourselves up to talking about that. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, and I guess the the last thing that we want to ask you is, what do you think is important for people to know about your experience and similar experiences that other people have had? I think it's important to know that it's very real and it's not something that happens on a rare occasion. This happens a lot. This happens to more people than you know. And it's hard to ignore it when it's this common. I think, like I said, we live in a time and age now where it's a lot more out there to discuss. It's traumatizing and it's hard and it's complex. It's one of the only crimes where you can't rely on hard evidence but people's experiences. I just hope people know that to listen is to understand listening is not to respond I don't want people to just engage in conversation ready to respond and ready to debate because this isn't a conversation that is that easy to bring up this like facts and and all that stuff this is based on experience and this is based on different facets such as race and class and things like that I thought I was over it not over it but I thought I was pretty healed and you know but just speaking about it today I I realized like there's still so much more work even I have to do to come to terms with what's happened and what's still happening out there I'm quite nervous and I'm like shaking right now and I came into this like quite quite confident and ready to speak about it but I've just realized that you know this is there's still so much that we need to delve into yeah and I, I think it's you know like the collective, right? It's, it's not on you to to go through that work. It's on everyone to to understand that you know this is a real issue that happens not you know to, to most people and especially to a lot of women. I honestly am blown away by you know how sensitive you've been talking about this, how open you've been, and the courage that you've taken to talk about this today and share your story with us and to our listeners. I think. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. Just on the back of that I think also another thing is that it's not on the burden of women especially women of color to kind of educate or speak about it like we as a community like we have to start opening ourselves up to be like okay this is happening as well in our communities so it's time for us to have those conversations and I know our parents and our elders were a certain way but you know, as a new generation, it's it's time for us to open those doors. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really important point to emphasize, right? Like too often the burden does fall on women and Asian women. And something like this is an issue that it's a, it's an issue of the community. It's not just on us. So I think that's really important to emphasize. And But yeah, I, I just really want to say thank you so much for just t- taking the time today to talk through your story. I have no doubt that this will resonate with a lot of people, a lot of women, so I think it has been so meaningful that you've been able to share your story and be so open with us. Um, and I'm very touched by it. And I really hope that we do go some way towards helping victim survivors um, and just hoping that this is an issue that will be in the past. But I don't know if I have conviction in that. But, you know, I think education is always like the you know, the first step to addressing any problem. And hopefully through this story, that will be a good resource towards that. Um, So thank you um, so much again for your time. Thank you, both of you. I'm very thankful for you both giving me the space. And, yeah, I know it's very um, 
this one's a hard topic and yeah it is like we're not sure what will happen and how this conversation will go in our community but that door's open now so all we can hope is that it doesn't close anytime soon that it stays open and it opens up spaces for women to speak their story and then us as a community can you know the struggles that us as a community face as a whole together is real and is hard but you know, we can't fix what is said about us or done to us until we fix what's within our community. So I think that's what I'm hopeful for. But thank you to you both for having me today. That's opened me to some things that I've closed the door on for for a couple of years. So thank you to you both. Thanks so much, Kat. I think um, that's a beautiful message to end on. So I'm not even going to do the outro. So thanks so much, Kat. (laughs) Thank you, guys.